Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Welcome aboard. It is a Friday. Glad to have you with us as we are sitting in for Doug. Takes two of us to fill Doug's shoes. Check out the latest live for the world of sports at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Must be 21, must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, and Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. It is me and Mike Carmen. By the way, you can always hear Mike Carmen and myself on the I Want Your Flex podcast. It's a fantasy football podcast. And even though there's no real fantasy, football going on right now outside of who you could maybe play in a Super Bowl contest. We also are in the midst of doing a draft for the 2022 fantasy football season. So if you go back and check our prior episodes, you can check out the latest four rounds because we are through four rounds and a new episode will drop on Tuesday morning with our fifth round of our fantasy draft. It's never too early, Mike, or too late to focus on fantasy football. Always got to start getting those data points in line while it's still fresh in your memory, right? The guys that let you down, reminder right now why you will never draft them again because five months from now, you're going to look at the stats, you're going to look at the health, and you're going to say, well, I I could. It's like, no. Remember you said in week nine you were never going to go down that rabbit hole again. Now's the time to make your notes to remind yourself why that is so you don't do it again. Mike Harmon last year, uh, and I was right there riding shotgun with him, was high on the James Robinson hype for Jacksonville. And the only reason I bring this up, Mike, because it cooled when they drafted Travis Etienne. And then when Etienne got hurt, it got hot again. And then there were at times during the season where he was a value. And then Urban Meyer messed everything up. So there's a roller coaster, but you can always stick to your guns by what you said in 2022. I was right there with you with James Robinson. And and that circus uh, was not James Robinson's fault. We'll just put it well, that way. Well, yeah. I mean, even though maybe people made an NFT that put a clown face on him for the fantasy failures uh, and the decision-making of Urban Meyer, uh, we'll, we'll revisit it nice and cleanly. Uh, as we get ready for the next season. But, yeah, the, the first four rounds have been pretty fun. You, me, and Bershinger uh, getting after it. He's getting all chirpy because he won a couple of leagues. So it's, it's, it's fun. You can always get the I Want Your Flex podcast uh, wherever you get your podcast. Just search it and download it, and that's where you can find it. He is Mike Harmon. Get him on Twitter at Swollen Dome. I'm Dan Beyer. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. I want to dive into some Super Bowl 56 stuff, but I'd be remiss if we didn't mention how we have you covered with the Winter Olympics here on Fox Sports Radio for the next two hours. John Ramos is our official Olympic correspondent, and we now head over to the Olympic desk where John Ramos gives us the latest of what's happening in Beijing 2022. Church, <laughs> the Church of the ah, Olympic Rings. It's currently five oh five a.m. in Beijing, and what a beautiful day it's going to be! It's going to be very cold, very brisk, and currently, as I see it, the, the clock here, no medals have been given out yet. But don't worry, there's still a full day ahead in Beijing. 
there it is, your 2022 Winter Olympic coverage, courtesy of John Ramos. Super Bowl 56 will take place a week from Sunday. And, Mike, during Super Bowl week, I just don't know how much now we focus on the actual matchup, which is why on Sunday night, when a certain four-letter network released their Super Bowl 56 mega pack on who's going to do what, what are the matchups to watch, who is the X factor. Like, I, if I needed to go to sleep right then, I would have started to read that. But I do think that there is a time to look at this game and to look at these teams and really look at where they came from. And I, I just I look at the Cincinnati Bengals. And I think that the Cincinnati Bengals are a great story. And I think that they, I don't know if embody is the right word, but they represent what the NFL wants the NFL to be, where any team starting in week one has a chance to end up in the Super Bowl at the end of the season. And that's not always the case in the NFL, but this season it was considering the low expectations that we had for the Cincinnati Bengals. In saying all of that, and I know I shouldn't put precursors, when I look at the Cincinnati Bengals season, you want to talk about lucky Mike, when you consider what Cincinnati has gone through, they may be wearing the Cinderella slipper and their future may be super bright with Joe Burrow, but there is one thing you can't say about that Bengals team, and you can't say they aren't lucky to be in Super Bowl 56. A lot of yeah. stuff went their way in 2021. When you, whether you look at the division, whether you look at even how the playoff plays went, there was a lot. I, I know teams need luck. But I don't know if people realize how much luck actually the Cincinnati Bengals got throughout this season to be able to make it as far as they did. No, that's it's it, right? I mean, health and luck and schedule and timing and when you play somebody, right? You lost to a couple of bottom-feeding teams. My beloved Chicago Bears beat the Bengals. What did it mean? Sure. Nothing. Nothing. Right, so you just go down the line. I mean, and obviously you could start, you said the division, when that takes a deeper dive. But just Joe Burrow being able to stay upright despite being a pinata for much of the season. Yeah. Right, much made about the nine sack game and overcoming that and the Evan McPherson, hey, drafting a kicker can be okay time. You know, that was good for fantasy football, too, by the way. Uh, but the idea that this guy just kept getting up like he was the Undertaker, the Terminator, insert your favorite movie villain here, uh, is really something quite remarkable uh, playing behind a shoddy, uh, to be kind, offensive line. Well, we take take like the NFC South, I think, is a, is a good example. Obviously, the Buccaneers won the division this year. Uh, great defense. Tom Brady uh, led that offense. But also look at the rest of that division. And you look at what happened with New Orleans in the quarterback position. Jameis Winston ends up going down with his knee injury. And Trevor Simeon has to come in. Taysom Hill has to take over. Issues there. Carolina. You even had at, Ian Book take some snaps yeah, for crying yes. out loud. Yeah, Ian Book takes snaps. You How look about at that what Monday happened. night game? Let, let's, let's not rewind that. To, you, had, to that. you had Carolina. You had Carolina's situation where Sam Darnold ended up, after the first three weeks, falling apart. So bad they had to bring Cam Newton in, who gave him one like great victory against Arizona on the road, and then it was more of the same. And you've got P.J. Walker and Matt Ryan in Atlanta is not the Matt Ryan of old or the Matt Ryan of the MVP season. Like Tom Brady at the quarterback position of the Buccaneers had a distinct advantage over the rest of that division. And you look at the AFC North, just to keep Joe Burrow upright and to keep him healthy for the 17 games, 
look at the quarterbacking situation that you had to deal with in the AFC North. Baker Mayfield hurt since week two. Whether you like Baker Mayfield or don't like Baker Mayfield, it was not 100%. There were times when he needed to be replaced. Ben Roethlisberger couldn't throw the ball 20 yards. He was a liability with his offense the entire year. The Baltimore Ravens were hurt in the preseason, and then that just continued throughout the regular season, mm-hmm. including not having Lamar Jackson for the last, what, third of the season in, in Baltimore. All of that stuff had to go right for Cincinnati. And I know that I know that'll point to we kicked the crap out of the Ravens in both opportunities, and we did this to Pittsburgh. They also had the Browns run over them in, in the middle of the season, and Nick Chubb ended up running wild. But the, the, the rest of the division, Mike, was not what the A. AFC North used to be. Then you have Ryan Tannehill turning the ball over. Then you have the 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 errant whistle in the Raiders game for the touchdown to Tyler Boyd. You still have the Raiders with an opportunity to maybe score at the end. You think about how the Chiefs just absolutely collapse. Like I understand like getting a break here and there, but a lot aligned for Cincinnati to be able to make it to Super Bowl 56. They're a great story, but I, I just and the, the reason I bring this up is because they do have the key piece in having Joe Burrow as their quarterback, Mike. But I just question with the the realistic nature of that offensive line and where they get better on how sustainable this is. And I just think with a lot of the stuff that went the way of the Bengals this season, it's going to be a lot tougher next season. Yeah, I think when the the part of it that's intriguing to me, right, as we look at cap space and and trying to push forward the Bengals, uh, if you believe any of this stuff, the, you know the the spot track, spot track, and and others as the cap goes up this next year, that they're in the top five in terms of having money to spend, and you've got a formula. Not too unlike your beloved Seahawks years ago, where you've got a number of young players on, on rookie deals. It means eventually you're going to have to pay the piper, right? And that, mm-hmm. that's yeah. we know that's going to happen, which means you know the band breaks up, they become solo artists, you have that nucleus in place, and money to go and quickly turn around your offensive line. Because at this point, who wouldn't want to go play with Joe Chill or... Joe Cool or whatever we're calling sure. Joe Burrow at this point. Because no matter how bad you are, he can still make you look better. Look, we gave up sacks, but look how tough he is. He didn't get a clean hit on him because I at least slowed him down for a second, right? And, and gets up uh, and, and does it again. But, it, yeah, you also had most of your principal players healthy this year, not just Burrow, Dan. And that generally doesn't happen. Remember when the Raiders had their run and Derek Carr was uh, on the, the medal stand, presumptive MVP candidate, mm-hmm. and it the whole year it was, wow, look how healthy they are, and then he gets hurt. We have the famous um, well audio clip of it's broke. It's yeah, broke. Yes. It's captured by, by NFL Films. But it, the reality was all year, if you looked at their you know 22 starters plus your, your kicker and punter, they were healthy. And for the Bengals, for the most part, and obviously you have some attrition, the guys you needed to step up to put up big performances did. And, and so it all, it all played out. And uh, the other lucky people, Dan, of course, are those that bet them in the preseason at 150 to 1. That's <laughs> very, very lucky. I, I just think you go over to the other sideline, you see what the Rams went through. And the Rams navigated the toughest division in football. And they won that division. 
And and if anything, the Rams almost gave it away. I don't. I, there there was no part of them being lucky against Tampa in going on the road. Like the only bit of luck that I could say that for the Rams would be is that the 49ers ended up knocking off Green Bay, so the Rams didn't have to go to Green Bay and face the Packers. However, they had to face the team, their division rival, that had beaten them the last six times in the NFC Championship game with a fan base that took over half the stadium. Like to me, that isn't luck. That is, and, and the Rams were. A team and it's not even that we expected the Rams to be good or we expected the Rams to go to the Super Bowl we picked the Rams to go to the Super Bowl you just look at how things played out for them during the season maybe there was a break here or there for them but just for Cincinnati I think so much had to align and it's a great story it's an mm-hmm. awesome story but so much had to align that you can't say that luck wasn't a factor just because of the health in the quarterbacks the playoff situations that they had to go through the collapse of the Chiefs uh, one of those things don't happen and I'm not sure Cincinnati's in the Super Bowl. Well, you know, Tart is still going door to door in San Francisco, apologizing <laughs> for dropping that would be interception. Uh, and there was still time left. There was no, still time well, left. That's but, just that but was at least you would, and, But you would have the lead, and, and maybe, just maybe, you can bust off sure. one run or really dig into your bag of tricks. I equated Shanahan's playbook, what it needed to be for everything to finish this run, into what Henry Winkler was bringing in the water boy. Okay, and that's why they they had to go and steal his playbook because it was just that rich. No, he fakes. Nope, he thinks about faking, that kind of thing. Uh, and maybe they had one drive in him, but we'll never know because, uh, well, it was dropped. So I, there I, you have it. I did not want to rain on the parade of Cincinnati. I really don't. I I, I think that their story, and I'm, I'm, I'm much – rather have Cincinnati, honestly, in this game than, than the Kansas City Chiefs or a team that we saw. I mean, I'd be well, fine with Buffalo in it, but there's no denying that this team got lucky this season. Yeah, I, w- I would say the, the other side to saying they're lucky, Dan, is that it becomes a storybook season. Right? If you All sure. you have to do is change just the, the application of one word, lucky to storybook. And it's a positive thing with all the same bullet points you just made. The only thing that the Chiefs uh, not getting there did, the potential was that just on principle, because what we do in our sports society, we were going to turn on the Chiefs because they Mm -hmm. were there again. Yes. And at some point you get tired of looking. I mean, that's, you know, fatigue of Brady, fatigue of LeBron, what we did to the Warriors. It took a season and a half or less before Steph Curry became hated. Just look at him chewing the mouthpiece. He's <laughs> I, so smart. Uh, I told you this. You and I have done enough shows. As yeah, soon yeah. as they broke the Bulls record, I turned on them. I wanted them to break 72, and then I'm like, all right, I don't like the Warriors And then anymore. they lost, so it didn't matter. <laughs> He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Byer. They say it's better to be lucky than good. That's okay. the situation with the Cincinnati Bengals. Get Mike on Twitter, at Swollen Dome. You can find me on Twitter, at Dan Byer on Fox. Yes, the Super Bowl is coming to Los Angeles. The first time in a long, long time it's been in the city. If you're coming to town, well, we got some good news for you. We got you locked in on where you need to be in L.A. next year on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Byer sitting in for Doug on this Friday. 
Adam Kaplan, our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider, will join us in about five minutes to give us all the latest of what's happening coaching-wise in the NFL and also a look ahead to uh, Super Bowl 56. Also some Senior Bowl information as uh, things are going down in Mobile. However, Super Bowl 56 is fast approaching, and for us in Southern California, it's, what, the first time since uh, Bills and Cowboys played in the Rose right. Bowl in Super Bowl 27 that uh, that the uh, Super Bowl has come to Southern California. So it is back, and I figured what better opportunity for us to give a primer to anybody that may be coming to town for Super Bowl 56. Got some info here. Uh, tick picks. A, a ticket site, the co-founder Brett Goldberg says that 11% of the purchases so far for Super Bowl tickets have been made with an Ohio zip code. So that? there are going to be some Bengals fans coming to town, Mike Harmon. And uh, for those Bengals fans, we provide this service to you to give you a look at Los Angeles and the places that you need to go as you prepare to enjoy Super Bowl 56. Because let's be honest, you could go to the game and your team could lose by 30, but you still want to make it a memorable trip. So you've got to go to different spots. Let's strike up the band and we're going to bring in the crew because they are uh, Southern California natives, Jason Stewart. Executive producer, John Ramos, our technical producer. Mike and I are transplants. Uh, we, uh, we were not born and raised here. So we can't really give the, the, the ultimate perspective on where to go. Jason Stewart, if you were visiting Los Angeles, what advice would you give a tourist who is coming for Super Bowl 56? Okay, I'm going to do this quickly, but there are there's actually two lists. There's the list of things that I would take you to that I would never go to myself, and then there's the list of things that I actually think that you should do while you're in Los Angeles. So the cliches, right? You got to go to Beverly Hills and you got to take a picture next to one of those signs that says this is Beverly Hills oh, yeah. and then walk through uh, Rodeo Drive and look at a bunch of stores you can't afford any items at. That that that's what you got to do that's first. A, that's good. Yeah. And you got to go to a spot around Hollywood so you could see the Hollywood sign. And you could actually go to a place on Franklin and take a picture with it in the background. If you're really ambitious, you hike up to the Hollywood sign. But you got to do something Hollywood sign centric, right? Um, one place that I've been to maybe once in my lifetime, and it's the biggest cliched item because it's picturesque. Uh, you always see the Santa Monica Pier as something that represents Los Angeles. Um, I personally don't know anybody who goes to the Santa Monica Pier, <laughs> but I guess I guess you got to do it because a lot yes. of a lot of games bump in with that that image. Uh, so you need to go there to see what it's about. Um, and I guess you got to go to downtown, right? But I, we don't really have like Do a, we have a downtown. Yeah, really? it's it's no Manhattan, it's no Chicago. It's just kind of like yeah, a bunch of tall buildings. Um, so those are, those are the places that are cliches that I probably would have to take you to, right? But the best place in town, and I'm, I'm being sincere here, Griffith Park Observatory gives you everything you need. And, and whether you're hiking to it or you're driving to it, the scene at Griffith Park, Griffith Park Observatory is worth the price of admission. Whatever you're paying to get there or whatever, just to look at the city on a clear day specifically, I very much recommend. And my two things that I do, I will say this, and I, I'll regret them as soon as I say them. I'm going to take you to a place on Bundy and show you something that, that bad that happened there oh, wow. about 25 oh, years ago. Oh, come on. That was wow. mine. That was mine. First off, 
you're, you've already taken your healthy hiking yeah. lifestyle, yeah. and now you're going to do this. Look right. at the way he turned yeah. so fast. Uh, seriously, I mean, come on, Jay Stu. And, and, and I have to take you up above Hollywood, where uh, what Charles Manson's people did something. You, you got to look at <laughs> everybody Cielo watched Drive, Once so. Upon a Time yeah. in Hollywood, of course. Yeah. That's my tour oh. of L.A. Right there. Oh, all right, John Ramos. Of the four minutes we allotted you, you have. 15 seconds to uh no i'm just kidding john ramos any recommendations for la i would would say two places i would go to would be the grauman's theater in hollywood where many of great people put their hands and their feet and and the other place would be alvera street which is uh one of the great places in los angeles to have uh mexican food and stuff like that so okay good recommendation uh the, the the place that i would not visit is uh the chinese theater in hollywood that is that place is john i cannot believe you recommended that all it is <laughs> but it's hollywood eight different spider-mans or batmans trying to get your picture taken the <laughs> and, traffic and stinks shaking you down for money yeah oh man i i i agree with the uh i i used to live in santa monica which is close to the to the oj spot that was the first place i took everyone be like oh you oh look look there's the bundy sign you know where we're going i am right on par with uh jason stewart on that also brady bunch house gotta do it it's in the valley you know what i actually circled that and what's funny is america two of the nicest guys you're ever gonna meet and jason stewart and dan byer immediately got you to bundy drive Uh, just letting you know (laughs) just call it what it is i like the hollywood museum because we're all such pop culture nerds uh, and, and then head on over to, uh, you know, the Viper Room area and, and all that fun. You know, get, go take in a, a Sunset Boulevard, take in a nice little uh, evening show, go to one of the comedy clubs here, celebrity sightings, and, and just, uh, well, some of the dirty side. Uh, everything you heard about in those 80 <laughs> metal, metal band songs, it's all there in a four-block radius. There's also the Wonder Year House in Burbank, if you want to sure. find. You could go to that one as well. The Golden Girls frontage is also in Santa Monica, just off of Sunset. You could see that. Where the, where you thought the Golden Girl, it was the actual Golden Girls house that they showed in the credits on the outside, uh, but that is actually in Southern California. All right, there it is, your guide <laughs> of where to go and not go. By the way, the seagulls <laughs> on Santa Monica Pier, not spooked at all. Like, they, are, they have no fear, no, no fear whatsoever, just like... Like Ralph Irvin has no fear. I'm sure Ralph could give us some tips later on in the press of places to go as well. But in the meantime, he'll just give us the latest of what's going on today. Uh, first, I'm going to point out the irony of Mike Harmon talking about the dark places. Then he goes to the Viper Room where River Phoenix overdosed. So, hey, yep. hey, hey. That was an isolated incident. And nobody's called me kind and nice or whatever. I'm usually the guy put up as the loud mouth and angry guy on this network. Dan and Jason, not so much, Ralph. Well, I lived in the neighborhood when the uh, sidewalk was still not dirty, and it hasn't happened there either, so that was isolated as well. Adam Kaplan joining us here, our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider. Uh, sorry for the delay, Adam. I know we're a little later than schedule, but let's just start with the Doug Peterson hiring in Jacksonville. He is their main man. Shad Khan had to put out a long release. Does Shad Khan need to explain Doug Peterson's hiring in Jacksonville? No, he shouldn't. I mean, it just here's what happened. He Remember, he interviewed very early, like three weeks ago. And there was no second interview until recently. It was just very odd, the timing of it. Uh, they're all, listen, if you look at the nine openings, this is the one where you, you really scratch your head. Not who was hired. Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl with Philly. Mm-hmm. But just the process of it. And who's good is it's Trent Baalke in his situation, which 
some people around the league think is tenuous, and is, is uh, Rick Spielman going to come in, who interviewed earlier this week, who I believe would be an assistant GM, as has explained to me. So it's been sort of a mess, the Jaguars, but here's the good thing, as some of the candidates told me, a lot of cash space, a lot of cash, and you got a quarterback. Well, to, to that end, uh, Adam, as we look at it, Byron Leftwich, what – yeah. We've obviously heard about the Trent Baalke stuff and everything, but the holding pattern, does, is he still in play for one of these other jobs, or, or are we still looking at Tampa with, I guess, a super squad with, between the head coach and coordinators? Yeah, no, I think he stays, because right now, I'll just go quickly, we've got three openings. Josh McCown, John McGannon, Brian Flores for the, the, the Texans, Dolphins, Kellen Moore, Mike McDaniel are the finalists that I know of, uh, Saints, Dennis Allen, the coordinator for Brian Flores again. Eric Bieniemy, Darren Rizzi, the, D, the special teams coach, and Aaron Glenn, who, who used to be their DB's coaches, now the Lions D.C. Those are the ones for those three jobs uh, that I know of. Adam Kaplan, our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider, joining us. You can hear him on the Inside the Birds podcast. Find him on Twitter, at KaplanNFL. The Texans finalists seem to be a bit all over the map with McCown, with Flores, with Gannon. Uh, it, 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 is Nick Casario just looking for a guy that will listen to him in the headset, or, or what does he want in Houston uh, moving forward now that Cully's gone after a year? Right. Well, that's that's something that Flores knows about because this this happened. Nick would do that in New England. This would be nothing new for him. Uh, but the, the strange thing is when you look at it, yeah, you've got Josh McCann. By the way, they interviewed last year, and I, I know one Texan source said to me, timing was not right, but he would be head coach, and it wouldn't surprise him if it didn't work out for Cully that he'd get a look, and here we are. Jonathan Gannon is a guy who's highly thought around the league. Now, he did not do a great job with the Eagles this season. Uh, good at points against, but they were not a, they were not as aggressive as I think people thought he would be as a D coordinator. But he'll be head coach someday if it's not now, but he's a finalist. He had, in fact, I'm told that he was, uh, he was, still, he was talking to potential staff members uh, down in Mobile this week. And Brian Flores, uh, you know, when you look at it, Look, I mean, we know what's going on with the lawsuits, but the fact of the matter is he's, he has a very strong relationship with Nick Casario to work together in New England. We'll see where it goes. So to that end, you mentioned lawsuit. Uh, as, as this started to play, you know, your ears on the ground and, and you know, boots on the ground for all of these, these activities, yep. what's the feeling around the league as to how wide, wide this becomes? Because the, you know, the 58 pages did name potential co-defendants of every team in the league. Yeah, it's it's look, it's gonna do, it's gonna evolve over the next series of weeks and months. It's it, I was at in Mobile this week for the Senior Bowl. Just to say, people were shocked would be an understatement. No one saw this coming. No one knew about it. And I found it out of practice. And you know, people came up to me. You know, what do you make of it? I'm like, well, uh, it, the big challenge here is the Rooney Rule, folks, which which basically has not worked out like the league wanted it. The intention is good, but it clearly is uh, the process has not worked out at all. And GMs I've spoken to know it's not good enough. That needs to be revised. It, it, the, the league will have to take a look at it in, in the owners' meetings in March. They're, they don't really have a choice at, in the matter. Uh, that is the, really the crux of this issue. Now, the other part about it is, and this is what floored people, is the, the allegations of tanking uh, based on the way that Flores described it uh, with the Dolphins. And Steve Ross, obviously the owner, is going to deny that. That's what is in the statement. But the league now has to investigate on that. And how about Hugh Jackson, who's now coaching in college, coming on Twitter, throwing flames to the fire? I mean, it's just, you know, that's Hugh Jackson. But listen, he, they, of course, the, the Browns have to deny it. It, it. it isn't amazing the timing. Once the allegations come out, within a couple hours, there you go, there's statement denying it. 
Adam Kaplan joining us, and just a couple of more quick ones on that. There, there was some thought of how could Stephen Ross even own the team if he was, you know, instructing sure. his squad to to tank. But now there's this allegation, as you mentioned, from Hugh Jackson. Th- does that help like a Stephen Ross situation in Miami, or is this something that the NFL is going to have to look at with each ownership situation and be like, all right, what? How do we move? Like, is Stephen Ross is in jeopardy of of maybe losing the Dolphins? Well, the only way that would happen, Dan, is if their investigation does show that that he he. He did something untoward that would violate not only league policy but the bylaws. And this is what's happened over the years with – we saw the NBA, although it's a little different, with, obviously, with Donald Sterling based on what he did. But it, as it was explained to me privately, it, it comes down to what, what rules he violates and what the language says. So in this one, you and I, Dan, over the last years have talked about certain situations. And you, know, you and I talked at length about Daniel Schneider. I told you he's not going anywhere despite mm-hmm. people wanting him to sell a team. The league will never force him to do that. Talk about a slap on the wrist. He had to be away from the team. By the way, he was with the team this week when they changed the, the team name, so let's not forget about that. All right, Adam. You know, as we Dan and I did a little bit earlier, talking about the strange winding road for the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. Uh, two years <laughs> to build the perfect beast, and now the idea of sustaining, uh, but the long road. Uh, how shocked are you that this is one of our participants? Yeah, I, I would admit if you would have had – if the three of us would have ranked the 32 teams, I will not lie. I probably would have had them in the, the, the lower half. It's very hard to predict these things. It's When you le- really look at their situation, as a matter of fact, the talk around the league at the Senior Bowl is that they will not, not, not only will they not get the Super Bowl next year, they might not even make the playoffs. They, they, have, a good, they have a better than average roster. Obviously, they have a really good young quarterback. There's no question. Their offense is fantastic. Defense doesn't have a ton of talent. Look, they got hot late. Uh, they should not have won last week. The Chiefs choked. I mean, they're up 21-3. to I mean, how do you lose that game? They, of course, they choked both games, a total of 32 points they choked from. Um, it's shocking. It, it definitely is shocking. Good, you know, good for them. Good for them. And it's funny seeing their, their personal people at the Senior Bowl. They're usually hiding from people. Well, they're, they're proud wearing their Bengal colors. <laughs> we uh, it, sure. we we talked, Adam, before you came on, there was a lot of luck with Cincinnati. Like, for yeah. as great of a story that they are, that division had to fall apart. They had to, The Chiefs had to fall apart. A lot went their way to allow a run like this. Great story, but a yeah. lot of luck involved as well. I, I know that you're super busy. I know you're at Senior Bowl doing stuff. We appreciate the time. We will catch up next week when you're in L.A. How about that? You got in person, Dan. Hopefully we will in person next week. Perfect. All right. Sounds good. Sounds Adam good, Kaplan, a Fox Sports Thanks, Radio Adam. NFL insider. Inside the Birds podcast, you can hear him on Sirius XM NFL Radio as well. Find him on Twitter at Kaplan NFL. Yeah, everybody's coming to town, but uh, I'm, I'm glad that, that other people realize as well because, Mike, what we do is when we start to make predictions then for next year, you're like, okay, what three teams am I yeah. taking out of the AFC You know, from the playoff picture because we know that there's a lot of turnover. I think a lot of people probably will be taking the Bengals out, maybe putting a team like the Chargers in next year but i don't think anybody a year ago was putting the bengals in when taking out another team from the afc that's that's the the moral i think of adam kaplan's point as well is nobody thought this and it may not happen next year but at least enjoy it while it's here well that's just it i, I think all of us for our teams would love uh, the world to smile upon them hell I, I was watching a video of devin hester returning the opening kickoff for a <laughs> touchdown 50 times today because it's the 15th anniversary <laughs> I, I thought the Bears had something for him for a while. Well, you know, Manning wasn't good. It's in the rain, all yes. of this. And then Prince comes out and sings, and it all goes away. 
Oh man, what a memory that what a memory that was. Super Bowl forty one. I was in the second to the last row and the tarp that covered the media went to about halfway of the last row. So everybody at the last row just got absolutely not only were they doused from the rain mic, but the tarp that they had all the water rolled off that and and fell on them. You think the uh, Bears had a bad night? Well, Man. they still got to watch a, a Super Bowl game for free. Yeah, the CBS affiliate in Joliet had a worse night for the Bears. He's Mike Harmon. <laughs> I'm Dan Beyer. The latest on media seating next. No, it is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Get Mike on Twitter at Swollen Dome. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox as we are in for Doug today. You need to hear what a former NFL Pro Bowler had to say about Brian Flores in his story. That's next year on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Byer in for Doug Gottlieb today here on Fox Sports Radio. Find Mike on Twitter at Swollen Dome. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. When Doug is here, I'm usually at the news desk. That's where Ralph Irvin is today. And when Doug is here, Mike Harmon is usually with Jason Smith on weeknights here on Fox Sports Radio on the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. And uh, today, uh, Mike gets to start on the early weekend. So glad to have you in. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I, I like it this way. How about daylight? Shows during the daylight. You like that? I'm, I'm shocked in awe. and awe. You know, it's just unbelievable. You know, I'm going to get to go and uh, chase my daughter around a soccer field, which is well, what I would do most days anyway. So. Well, if you if you fall behind on the Winter Olympics, don't worry. We have you covered here on Fox Sports Radio. John Ramos, our official Olympic correspondent, he will be with us for the next 70 minutes, giving us the latest of what is happening in the Beijing 2022 Olympic Games. Oh, you've heard the uh, it's not the seventh inning stretch. Uh, baseball's in a lockout. So we use that. John Ramos, you have got our latest Olympic update. What is happening in Beijing? Guys, I think the sun is just coming up right now. It's currently 549 a.m. in Beijing. And this just in Canada is tied for last. With no medals. Oh, who's in first? That's Did you have spicy. any idea? Do you have any the idea? The U.S. is in first place also okay. with no medals. All right. <laughs> Unbiased opinions there, courtesy of John Ramos, our, our Olympic correspondent here on Fox Sports Radio. If you want to get more on the Olympics, the Winter Games from John, you can find him on Twitter at JSRamos. Zero six. We got a tweet about our uh, tour stops around in L.A. Uh, we're going to get to that in just a little bit. But first, Doug usually takes this time to hear something interesting from another show on Fox Sports Radio or maybe even a show from Fox Sports 1. It's a segment we like to call. And now. <laughs> what does the Fox say? What does the Fox say is brought to you by Hustler Turf. The brand law care and lawn care professionals have trusted for years when it comes to premium zero turn lawnmowers to run their business and for us weekend joes hustler turf also has a full lineup of residential mowers visit hustlerturf.com to find a dealer near you hustlerturf.com this was lavar errington on two pros and a cup of joe earlier today weighing in on the brian flores situation in the nfl i'm tired of dealing with the backlash i get for for shoot from the hip I'm tired of it. The topic of hiring minority coaches and minority GMs and and minority minorities being hired for for situations is not a simple topic. 
it is clearly an issue, it's clearly a problem. But every single time a minority has an issue does not necessarily make it based upon the premise of what it is that that situation is. And I think that if I'm being honest, and and, and all respect due to, to what Brian Flores has accomplished, if I'm being honest, this is a man who had his ego bruised and and hurt by how he felt things were handled and was looking to employ more people to come to his support and his backing to validate what he was feeling. That's more personal than it is calling an entire group of people and their their ethnic racial orientation, calling that to your your defense. I know what it is to be black. I know what it is to to deal with the pressures of what it is to be a black man in America. I get that. I will always stand up and defend that. I will always be a part of defending that. But I'll also shoot from from a level of if that ain't it, that ain't it. Yeah, very, very strong comments from LeVar Arrington. And I think LeVar has a point, Mike, because the response, and while I feel that there are a lot of people who agree with with Brian Flores' intentions and wanting to shine a light on on the issues that do that are happening in the NFL, the biggest thing to come from his accusations were of what happened with the possibility of the Dolphins paying to tank games. And I think that that was representative in just of the conversation of, of and I know Doug has talked about it on this program, trying to, to find out what he felt was uh, could be or could be perceived as being racist during the Giants interviewing uh, situation or even what happened with the Denver Broncos. Now, all the teams have denied their roles and what Flores is accused of, but Mike, really the biggest smoking gun seems to me of, of had nothing to do with Stephen Ross uh, using a racist or or using anything that's racist towards his hiring or any of the other teams hiring it's more about Stephen Ross just paying to tank games which seems to be the I mean that that's a totally other other topic because right now that's what Hugh Jackson has jumped on and corroborated as going on in Cleveland right in terms of his own and he kind of basically said yeah I got money you've got here's all the other people in the organization whatever else uh and it was more right as he kind of flippantly throws that out there so that becomes a big part of it as for the the race side of the discussion that seems secondary and with Brian Flores given all of the reports that had come out about his general temperament if any of that was true with Tua and all isn't that going to hurt your hiring potential yeah yeah no it's a, it's a very very good point this story by the way we'll be talked about all next week at Super yep. Bowl 56 it is not going anywhere he's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Byer will LeBron James end his career in the Lakers uniform with his son 